Welcome to Saturday Night Hive. This week, we are talking about the Wrong Malik Young Thug episode. We've got some takes. Some of them are surprising. Some of them are not. But regardless, I'm here with my friend, Hiva Murray. Hello, Hiva. Hey, Candace. So first things first, I just got to own up to it. I did publicly say that I thought this episode was going to be a flop. I just, I didn't know if Rami Malek could push out of his like weird, obscure, buggy eye situation, but I was completely wrong and I'm glad I was wrong. But let me start off by saying this. So from this episode, I gleaned a few things. The first one, and Heba, tell me if I'm wrong, I get the vibe that Rami was like a big SNL fanboy. Like as a child, he watched it when his parents were like out working. He like still watches as an adult in his home in the Hollywood Hills. And I feel like he he kind of is that person that would like drive randomly down the freeway and be like, you know what, if I ever got to host SNL, here's like what I would say in my monologue, blah, 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 blah. And I actually liked his monologue because I like that he talked about his family. And I feel like that was very much him like giving his younger self like a moment and a pat on the back for all he's accomplished. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, So I was hopeful for this episode because I think Rami can be really funny in like a very specific way. And I feel like the people that find that funny, like there's an overlap with them in the normal SNL audience. So I would put myself like in the middle of that Venn diagram. Um, I think that he absolutely is and was um an SNL fan and like had been waiting for the opportunity to host I also think it adds a lot that so Rami Malek is 40 which I didn't actually know Mm -hmm. until I like googled it earlier um but he became famous like a little bit later in his life like I would say his starring roles have happened in the past like five maybe maybe 10 years and so like he um is coming to stardom and to um SNL still from a place of like I'm so glad this is happening and not really I think from a place of like cockiness like I feel like he's the type of person Mm -hmm. that like has always been like the weird one out like even as a kid and so he is so comfortable with that and is really comfortable embracing like the weird humor of SNL um which we got to see throughout and yeah I thought he did a pretty good job overall um I felt like the monologue was like on brand for him I love that he shouted out his family um and like his siblings and like the little joke about his siblings careers and like his family being Egyptian um again super excited for the Arab American representation there so I'm very proud of him Mm -hmm. yeah and it's kind of interesting because I have a friend who like interviewed him once in Boston when he was promoting Bohemian Rhapsody Mm. and I kind of asked her like what was his vibe and she said It's hard to tell, but in person, he is incredibly captivating. And I was like, uh, I don't know if that'll (laughs) translate on screen, but whatever. But I was wrong because also when I think about the monologue, I have to say he has this very odd, but very captivating, like weird charisma. Mm -hmm. Like I I almost don't want to call it charisma because sometimes it's actually uncomfortable to look at, Mm -hmm. but he's got something and he got me in. 
And another thing I noticed is that he actually has like this very interesting physicality where like he actually kind of reminds me of Harry Styles, like the Mm. sweater vest, the way he kind of like moves, but not too much. Like he also always almost sounds on the edge of doing a British accent. (laughs) And another thing is that Harry's like delivery when he did SNL and his physicality it was always edging on flamboyant, and I feel like Rami was kind of there, too. Yeah. Like, very condensed, and also a little bit of, like, Prince Charles and how he always holds his hands behind his back. But regardless, I like this monologue. It was good, interesting, personal, everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, I think you're right. He has a lot of, like, mannerisms that that are really distinctive that are weird but like captivating i think i would use the word captivating because i feel like he doesn't have charisma in the traditional sense but like once you um start watching him you kind of get sucked in in that way exactly exactly but the captivation does not stop here it starts here because heba and i have not told each other what our favorite sketches were this week so this is exciting for all of us a surprise And I'm going to start with you, Hiba. What was your, like, number one favorite sketch of this episode? My absolute favorite sketch of this episode was the mattress store. In my notes, I wrote in all caps, the best one. (laughs) Yes. Um, I just felt like this was so funny and so well written and so on brand for Rami. Like, you could, first of all, like, I just think he's adorable and, like, him going mattress shopping with his wife that was just like a cute thing to like see like his mm-hmm. wife was played by 80 in the sketch um and them just being like the type of people that fully role played like these dramatic arguments um and then they just sort of stopped being dramatic and they were like oh yeah this mattress is great like this, this is so is nice, nice. <laughs> yeah yeah that was a really good impression um Thank i also you. love bowen and i love that he got to play like the straight man out here where he was the one that was like calling out like reality um and oh my god the line when Rami was like Denise you're driving me wild in that night (laughs) so funny Mm -hmm. um the whole thing was just like I feel like it was believable that he would be like that in real life and Mm -hmm. that's what made it more funny to me um and he brought his like serious kind of like actor chops into a place that was like really inappropriate which is like mattress shopping mm-hmm. with your wife and so that like juxtaposition was like really mesmerizing um but yeah this one was hands down my favorite one what about you mm-hmm. i mean absolutely yes i've rewatched this sketch so many times on youtube which mm-hmm. i usually don't do nowadays but i did and every time i love it so much more i have like so many thoughts the first one is that this was very meta in this like sketch or actually i should say it was very meta and like a play within a sketch vibe mm-hmm. and i love that mm-hmm. i like i just like seeing how crazy this whole situation was but honestly i just want to get a debrief from 80 about that smooch because <laughs> it really looked like rami was going in for more and i just Ooh, to be the woman who cuts that off, it takes power, it takes guts, it takes will, but she did it, and I loved it. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like either he has a theater background or he would be a really good theater actor because he really just fully committed 
to everything in that sketch and especially the kiss right like Mm -hmm. it was just like like you could see ad being like lol we're comedians like obviously this isn't real but he was just like fully in it you know (laughs) Yeah, for me, the commitment was confirmed when he did the flop where, like, he got shot and he, like, literally full body flopped onto the bed. I was like, wow, even I don't do that. (laughs) That was (laughs) good for you. That was, yeah, probably my favorite moment in the entire thing was, like, he dramatically, like, died on the bed. Mm -hmm, (laughs) It was so funny. It was so good. Okay, so we are on the same ground. This is good start. Good start. All right. So I'm going to come up next. Here's my second favorite sketch of the night. It was Angelo, mm. where Aristotle Atari finally gets like a character, like a full lined character mm-hmm. who basically can only pronounce the word mesothelioma, which I loved. Um, I mean, first off, Aristotle was so funny and I really liked him. And I just love how like odd and weird and creepy like this was so up my alley. I have to say. And a criticism I have of the entire episode, too much Daniel Craig. Mm, yeah. James Bond is over. You hosted SNL literally before the pandemic. Yeah. Do you need more of us? I don't want it. I don't want to see him ever again. Yeah. Okay. So we are on the same page because I also wrote um, the sketch as my second favorite one. And I wrote Yay. in all caps next to it, very good. So I don't remember mm. that. Um, I loved it for all the reasons you mentioned, like, er- we finally got to see Aristotle shine, um, he got, like, his own space, his character was, like, actually so perfect, and he has a beautiful falsetto singing mm-hmm. voice, I would say. Um, I also loved him being paired with Rami, like, their characters, and I feel like Rami Malik as a person are, like, the same type of weird, mm-hmm. and, like, it was just so funny to see Rami as Todd, and him being called, like, what's next in dance, and he didn't really, mm-hmm. like, he just didn't really dance. move. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at mm-hmm. one point, he just got out these, like, ribbon things. Um, it was so cute. But, yep. I, yeah, they were just, like, really adorable and hilarious. Um, I fully agree with you on the Daniel Craig piece. Like, I feel like once you make one guest appearance in the episode, like, that's enough. Like, it's cool that he came, and it's cool that he was, like, in, like, part of the episode but he showed up multiple times and they gave him like large like character speaking roles and I just feel like that's not fair to Rami Malik. um like I know they're friends and stuff but it's just like you had your time to shine like you said he had an entire episode to himself and it's just like they have other cast members like chill out yeah I was over it. especially by the time this sketch had come through I was like I am over it. Do I was like, Rami, yeah. I know you still feel like the underdog, even though you have more Oscars than Daniel Craig, but do not let this man step all over you. Do not let him overshadow you. And I just, my, I have to say, like, my favorite part is when Aristotle, like, literally gets off the stool and is, like, leaning on it when they sing their little mesothelioma mm-hmm, song. Mm-hmm. And it was just so cute. And I just love how, like, subtle the physical comedy was. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so up my alley. But, you know, here's the thing, Heba. This sketch and Sleepy Town USA were both co-written by the Please Don't Destroy Boys. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is interesting because the Please Don't Destroy Boys have now entered Kyle Mooneydom where yeah. their sketch was cut for time. Yeah. I don't love when they are on screen, but I do love when they write. Yeah. So I'm now I know who I am. I know my brand. I get it. I get it. But I will say, speaking of that cut for time... Rami also did some very, like, contained yet, like, bombastic physical comedy work in Mm. that Cut for Time sketch. So I think he likes them. 
And I think he really likes Bowen Yang. That's the vibe I was getting. Yeah, I feel like he played really well with Bowen. And because we're all like both of us are super fans of Bowen, obviously, like we love to see that. Um, but yeah, I feel like the phrase that you use, like contained but bombastic physical comedy, like that is how you could dis- describe Robbie Malik and like how he shows up in the world. Mm, yeah, when he gets to Starbucks, it is both contained yet bombastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He seems like a pure Americano guy, by the way. No dairy, nothing. Yeah, which I love. I agree with you. So, Hiba, rounding us out, what was your third favorite sketch of the night? Okay, so. Um, I'm gonna say probably celebrity game show. I'm with you. I'm with you. There were so the bug assembly and the prince auditions I also enjoyed, but there was just so much in the celeb school game show. The thing that I was hoping for, which I think I mentioned last week, was I wanted to see um Pete impersonate Rami and we got to see Mm, that and then we also got a bonus where we got to see Rami impersonate Pete Mm -hmm. um I don't think he did a particularly good job but I feel like it was just like funny to watch that like role reversal um Mm -hmm. there was a lot going on in the sketch I do want to shout out Melissa Villasenor for doing a very um spot-on Kristen Wiig impression um so that was really good um but yeah, I just thought that role reversal was really funny because I think like one of the ways that I grade the hosts, which I've mentioned before, is like how game are they? Like how willing mm-hmm. are they to play and like how up for anything are they? And I think like it's one thing to have um, one of the cast members impersonate you, but it's another thing to like bring yourself to their level because like usually the hosts are like more famous than the cast members like mm-hmm. in general so it's another thing to be like okay I'm actually also going to present you like I just thought it was like a really fun um kind of like humbling moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and yeah I enjoyed it yeah I'm with you I'm so glad that Melissa was able to bring her Kristen wig I think that was the best impression of the entire sketch mm, truthfully true, true. I also think am with you which is that i think rami got the voice down but he really didn't have the physicality yeah. down because he kept raising his arms above his head and like yelling on the street yeah the thing is pete if you really watch his like weekend update stuff he literally his upper body doesn't move yeah it, it like he maybe shrugs his shoulder but like all of it is just kind of like contained with his eyes and so i think rami was really like acting out which mm-hmm. i didn't love but at the same time, like, Pete did a pretty good Rami, even though he didn't say anything, which is maybe part of it. I will say, I think there was a huge missed opportunity, which is that James Austin Johnson, who was impersonating Adam Driver, he had it all pretty down. But there was this perfect moment toward the end where he should have turned around and punched the wall like Adam did in Marriage Story and oh. it would have been so good. <laughs> but maybe they wanted to preserve the set. I don't know but it's okay. I like the whole thing in general. And I'm really glad that we aligned literally three for three. Amazing. So, Hiba, I mean, the next thing on our list is Weekend Update. What are your thoughts on Weekend Update? Right. Okay, so um, I felt like Weekend Update was pretty solid this week. Um, They had a joke about bats and COVID, which I feel like is way too soon to joke about that. Um, I agree. They did a pretty funny Reagan economics, like trickle-down economics joke. Um, mm-hmm. my favorite, favorite part was Bowen and when he came on as, um, Colin introduced him as, quote, a proud gay Oompa Loompa. 
Um, so I just felt like this was so funny because it was like the perfect Bowen character where like they, it's kind of like what they did with the iceberg in the Titanic where like they flip it on its head where, mm-hmm. um, obviously all of us are familiar with like the iceberg, the Titanic or like Willy Wonka or like those kind of stories. And then Bowen comes out and like calls out some very obvious but hilarious things. Like he was talking about how, um, like, Willy Wonka is an ideas man who's never touched a machine Mm. and like if you've ever Mm -hmm. worked anywhere you've had one of those people as a boss so like that was very relatable Mm -hmm. and then he was like yeah it's like not great that we do a song and dance whenever a child dies and like that is such a weird part of the story for us all to just like have accepted and Mm -hmm. never talked about Mm -hmm. um my favorite part though was like basically like Bowen was saying like oh like you'd Colin you just like outed me like I came on here to talk mm-hmm. about how like we the Loompas are like unionizing or like organizing but like now I've just been outed on like national television and like that was just like he just within a world that is already very like crowded and well known he creates space for himself and his this character to have a new character arc it's just like so creative mm-hmm. and like so uniquely Bowen um and then I loved at the end when he was like okay like I've like reconciled myself with this fact like maybe you can come out to Colin (laughs) and Colin's like yeah I'm not I can't like I'm not going to come out like I'm not Mm -hmm. gay and Bowen goes sorry boys I tried like Um, yeah 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 yeah. um so so, I really liked that last line too anytime that like Bowen can like pierce Colin Jost I'm so in I'm going to say something a little counterculture here. I actually didn't like this character. Oh, interesting. But I okay. will try to investigate why. So okay. the first thing is that I think Bowen is kind of in this interestingly, creatively tough position mm-hmm. where he needs to find a sophomore character to follow up with Iceberg. Iceberg is what got him nominated for the Emmy. He is looking for like another, I guess you could call historical figure to like turn on his head. I think for me, the Oompa Loompa had, like, promise in, like, little parts. I love the part about unionizing because there's a lot of that going on right now. And I love the part about, like, literally saying, like, we are watching children being murdered. What the heck? I thought that was funny. I think my issue was that, like, the the fact that they kept turning it back to, like, you just publicly added me on TV. I think the reason why I didn't love coming back to that point is because it reminded me of Stefan, played by Bill Hader, and how Bill Hader oh, talked about how okay. with Stefan, him being gay was never the joke. Like he, the joke was that he was just actually like a cokehead and kind of crazy. And therefore, I think like for some reason for me, punching that nail on the head was just like a little bit too on the nose for me. But I will also say that like maybe it was just also because that character seems so crowded like I really felt like they were attacking like three different things of like you publicly added me and unionizations and this dude reminds me of Elon Musk it was like so much scattering my brain a little bit yeah I I will admit I was also kind of uncomfortable with the like you publicly outed me like thing used as humor I think Bowen is in a weird spot because like he is a publicly gay cast member and he has brought like I think different like um, queer representation and like different comedy than like the straight white guys at Mm -hmm. SNL would write so like I feel like there's been a bunch of kind of like um, sketches that wouldn't have come about if he hadn't had a hand in them and like I think you know like that's the power of different perspectives and like all of that kind of stuff but it's like 
you also don't want to tokenize yourself if you're a gay cast member always playing a gay character and so like i don't know i feel like there's nuance there because there's like there's power and people kind of like taking back the narrative and being like i'm gonna represent the perspective the way that i want to but like obviously it's also like if he does it all the time then it becomes tokenized so it's like a little uncomfortable there i feel like we just kind of have to wait and like see what he does i feel like he did a really good job last season when there was the really like horrendous murders of like the asian women he like got on and like talked about like the asian community and how like obviously he doesn't represent Mm -hmm. everyone and it's not a monolith but like as an asian cast member he has a platform and he's got to say something and so i feel like he's kind of in a similar position with queer representation on snl where like he sort of had a hand in the sketches that touch on that um but also like he doesn't represent everyone you know i think you're right and bowen gives me the vibes of someone who would never do something unless they wanted to so i'm gonna trust bowen i'm gonna trust bowen and be like it's okay let's go for next round next week um also because he did have a starring role in that bug sketch up top which was quite funny in its own regard and so he had wins across the board it's totally fine um so moving on to an interesting segment that we haven't touched in a while the musical guest heba what did you think of young thug yeah okay i was actually excited to have some opinions about this because i actually listened to the young thug album before i watched the episode um i gotta say it's pretty good it's very like low-key there are some more upbeat parts of it but i i found it like very soulful um and so he did two performances and like most of the musical guests the first one was like more hype and then the second one was the more like soft toned down one he's known for dressing very like eclectically and he chose very flamboyant like pink Mm -hmm. feather like pink leather pants like pink feather jacket like outfits so i liked his outfits for both of them I thought it was interesting that Travis Barker came on as a mm-hmm. drummer. I don't, I think, I don't, like, know if they've collabed before, um, but I thought it was just funny with, like, the timing with the whole, like, um, Kim Kardashian, like, sketch and everything last week, um, but I really loved the second song that he did, which is Love You More. That was my favorite song off of his album, so I was so happy to see that he performed it live, and it was just, like, a very like sweet beautiful performance Mm -hmm. and yeah i enjoyed it i think he did a good job yeah i was quite surprised to see travis there um because and courtney kardashian was like the real one was there at snl with travis and at first i was like okay this is weird that she is there for travis's literal like three minutes 47 seconds of airtime whereas she was not there for kim who hosted the whole thing last week and i was like you know what scheduling conflicts maybe there is beef And also Travis, like, has only just started flying on planes again. So Courtney being there for him is probably very important. And then on Sunday night, Courtney and Travis got engaged in Montecito. Yeah. And so I have to believe now that Courtney and Travis went away to SNL. And Kim was like, I got you, I got you, I got you, Travis. And she set up the proposal for him, which I love. And now I'm all is forgiven. Everyone's happy. And Courtney and Travis are living their best life. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, excited, happy for them. I think they've only been dating for 10 months. But like, I don't know, they seem very in love. So 
Mm-hmm. Power to I them. mean, hey, Pete and Ariana got engaged faster than that. Woo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to bring them up as an example. Oh, we don't? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Are they not the best couple of the 2010s? She's fully okay. engaged to someone else. Oh, she's married. Oh, my God, she got married? She I forgot. married I forgot. the dude, I forgot. yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but in other good news, Hiba, it is time for us to rank this episode. So, Hiba, what is your ranking of the Rami Malik Young Thug episode of SNL? So I am going to rate this episode an 8.5 out of 10 contained but bombastic physical comedy style. Wow. <laughs> um, I just like have a soft spot for Rami Malek. I was like so rooting for him. And I think he really came out and delivered. And like the fact that we both loved the same three sketches and that um, they were actually pretty solid, like... I feel like he did a great job. He really like stepped into it um, and really like owned the container that SNL creates and like co-created with them. I was really happy with it. And yeah, that's why I gave it an 8.5. What do you think? Man, that's high. Hibble, he was so happy to hear that you ranked it that high. Wow. Okay. I hope so. Well, for me, I have to say I am going to be ranking this episode 7.4 sleepy town (laughs) usa mattresses Mm -mm. it's interesting because i was as i was like re-watching his clips on youtube obviously the youtube algorithm knows me deeply and was like you should watch this sketch with ryan gosling in it called santa baby and i was like okay oh yeah yeah and I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot that Ryan Gosling is actually, like, one of the, my favorite hosts, especially of the past 10 years, because I put him in the tier of, like, dramatic actors who come on SNL and are always so game and they're kind of weird, but it yeah. totally, totally works. I also throw Adam Driver in this bucket. I throw Emma Stone in this bucket, even though she does have, like, initial comedy experience. But with that said... I feel like Rami would have loved to do the papyrus sketch that Ryan Gosling did or even the Santa baby sketch that Ryan Gosling did with Vanessa Bear. Like, I think it is always like the willingness that'll put you in there. But I do think Rami is Ryan Gosling tier and I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. He should totally come back. I actually think Rami would do a really good Christmas episode. Truly. I think it's unlikely they'll bring him back this year but honestly a lot of things were unlikely and happened so we'll see (laughs) you're right i mean we'll give him two more cycles i would love for him to be on his way to the five timers club i don't know if they're like still counting that as a thing since they've had a lot of new hosts recently i mean maybe they're just putting like a pause on the program you know what Mm. i mean like the academy they're trying to bring in all these new members so that the Mm. old ones don't feel like threatened or whatever (laughs) but i'm with you i'm already excited for romi to host again And I would say that I'm also excited for next week's, which is Jason Sudeikis, SNL alum, coming home for the first time. Very excited. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm surprised that he's never hosted before. Honestly, I just imagined that he would have since he's been off SNL for a while. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see him kind of like um, reprise some of his older characters in the promos that they've been playing this week. They've like showed past clips of like his funniest characters and stuff like that. Um, so I'm sure he's going to do well. I'm like not super worried about it. Like I feel like, 
um, when the SNL alum come back, it's very much a homecoming and we don't have to worry about them being game or not because like they already know the game. Mm, that was good. I'm going to put that on our sh- t-shirt. I'm going to put that on our <laughs> merch, Hiva. But you're completely right. Like, I swear, if Jason, if you're listening to this, I will pay you real human dollars to bring back what's up with that because mm. I love that sketch so much and you're the only one who can wear that red jumpsuit. But with that being said... Thank you guys so much for listening. We have one more left to go, and then we'll go on hiatus along with the cast, and then we will be back. But thank you, Hiba, for hanging out with me. As always, it's been a pleasure. See y'all next week. Bye.